Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast, and today we're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 9, and I'm calling this Persecuting to Persecuted, because Acts chapter 9 is absolutely a game changer for the church. Um, Saul, the one who hates Christians, and he, 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 he thinks that he is doing the will of God by going literally from house to house grabbing these men and women he's wreaking havoc in their lives he's wreaking havoc in their families lives and he thinks that he is doing god a favor he thinks that he is doing right and he thinks he is doing what god wants him to do when he's there at the stoning of stephen and and he actually he absolutely consented to the the death of stephen he 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 agreed to it and they were laying their coats down at his feet as they were beginning to stone Stephen. And he hears Stephen saying that he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He's there when Stephen takes his last breath as the stones are just pelting on top of him and on his head and on all over his body. He, he is there to hear the cries of children whose parents are being pulled out of their homes and and taken to prison and some even losing their lives and acts chapter 9 is basically the story of Saul's conversion and how he meets Jesus um he starts off well Luke does in acts chapter 9 he starts off talking about how he was meeting with the high priest how Saul was meeting with the high priest cuz he wants to get permission to go to Damascus where he can arrest even more Christians. So what I want to do just for a minute is is fast forward in time and and I want to show you what I mean by Saul becoming the the persecutor to being the one being persecuted. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 28 in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth he says this he says are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. See, he's recounting to them what he has gone through for the sake of the gospel. And so we can see here in, in his writing how he was persecuted, just like Jesus said he was going to be. But he says, I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. He says, I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry, I've been thirsty, and I've often gone without food. 
I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, Paul, or Saul says, it's Paul, but it's actually Saul. He says, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Now, when, when, when Saul says that he, or Paul says that he was per persecuted by his own people, the Jews, he didn't give us any details here. But as we go through the book of Acts, we will see some of the things that, that Saul or Paul endured. He was chased from city to city, everywhere that he went. He, just, he was teaching about Jesus. He would go to the synagogues, and these Jews just didn't want to hear what he had to say. A lot of them didn't. And they thought that he was stirring up trouble. Just like he thought that these, these Jesus followers were stirring up a bunch of trouble. He thought that they were blasphemers. And so now these Jews are looking at him at the way that he was looking at the Jesus followers. And they're thinking that he's causing a lot of trouble. So that they'll chase him from city to city trying to kill him. That, I mean, immediately. We're going to see here in just a few minutes. Uh, right after his conversion, uh, right after he's baptized for the remission of his sins and he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he begins to go out and preach, immediately, in, while he's still in Damascus, people plot to kill him. And they're w literally waiting at the gate for him to come through so they can jump him and kill him. So the, the persecutor becomes the persecuted. And, um, and so some people, uh, like I said, after they realized what he's doing, they, they wanted him dead immediately. And fortunately for him, the plot is found out and he was able to escape where he goes back to his home in Tarsus for a few years before coming back to Jerusalem. So how did Saul, later called Paul, he changes his name, how did Saul meet Jesus if Jesus has been crucified, he's been buried, he's been resurrected, and he's ascended back to heaven. Remember, Stephen said that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So how would Paul or Saul meet Jesus then? Well, he tells us in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for the cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. That's talking about Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And so they, before they were ever called Christians, because they, were, they, wouldn't, they weren't called Christians until uh, the church at Antioch, and they, they got the nickname Christian, which means Christ follower. But they were known as people of the way. And so Luke says, when he's recording this, he says, He requested letters, Saul did, addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for the cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on, on this mission, now you got to think about it. Here's this guy. He's got some companions going with him. They're, they have the same mindset. They're focused on a mission. They, they're coming to Damascus to arrest and persecute more people that follow Jesus, men and women, right? And he's got these chains he's going to bound them up with and, and, and put them in prison. And so as he's traveling to Damascus, verse 3 says that he was approaching Damascus on this mission. A light from heaven suddenly shone down around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? And Saul says, 
Who are you, Lord? And Saul, uh, the voice replied and says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they didn't see anybody. They saw no one. And Saul picked himself up off the ground and opened his eyes, and he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there, Luke says, blind for three days and did not eat or drink. So Saul was on a mission, and, and, and you know how it is when you're on a mission, you're, you're you're so focused, you don't really pay attention to, to what's going on around you. You're, you're so passionate, and you, you, especially as us as males, we, we, we have a goal in mind. We're on a mission. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Just let me get my, my goals accomplished, right? We're focused, and that, that, that's the way Saul is here. He, he, is, he is focused on this mission, and his mission is to go and persecute these Christians or these Christ followers, these Jesus followers in Damascus. Uh, I mean, you know, you know how it is to be so focused that you're oblivious to anything that's going on around you. Like, I'll give you an example. The other day, uh, uh, I delivered Little Debbie uh, uh, cakes. And so uh, I help the homeless. I give stuff away. Like when I pick up out of nature or whatever, I, I keep them. I don't throw them away. And... Uh, there's a gentleman uh, that meets me at a a certain store and uh, uh, he he basically lives in his car and uh, and so I give him uh, some to him every time that I see him and for some reason he wasn't at the store where we always meet and he had called me and asked me where I was and I told him that I was at this uh, uh, another store and I told him I had some stuff for him, and so he shows up, and he's in a different car than than he than what he's usually in. It's a car that he had borrowed because his car was getting worked on, and he had literally parked beside the sliding door that I go in and out of, and his car was sitting there. I never knew it. I didn't realize it was him because I was so focused on. I I went into the store, made an order, come out grabbed my order off the truck, put it in boxes, loaded it up on my on my buggy, my wheeler, and started to walk off in back into the store and he honks his horn and he was sitting literally sitting right beside me with me working. All I had to do was look over and see him, but I was so focused on the mission at hand, get these cakes in there, get paid and get on to the next door, that I did not realize that he was sitting right next to me in this car and and so he rose down his window and hollers at me and uh and and, and, you know, and he said do you not even see me he said i thought you were playing with me i said no nah, man I, i'm not playing with you I, I just never even saw you i said i was just in a zone i'm so focused on on what i'm doing i just I, i'm just i just didn't pay any attention you know and so now he every time i see him now it becomes a, a big old joke but this this is an example of of how saul would have been on that day he did not like Jesus' followers. He thought they were blasphemers, and he thought that he was literally doing God a favor, that he was doing justice by getting a hold of these Jesus followers, men and women, and wreaking so much havoc on their homes. And he, you know, he didn't care that he was busting up families. He, 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 he was just so focused on getting rid of these 
Jesus followers that he was going to do whatever it took to uh, eliminate these people. And so here he is. He's on his way to Damascus, and 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 he and his men they're they're approaching Damascus, and he he's eager to start hunting for these Jesus followers. And something happens to Saul that would change his life forever. The brightest light, Luke says, that he had ever seen in his life, it, it, it shone around him, and it was so bright that it literally blinded him now do you remember the the story of moses when moses was up on mount sinai and he's talking to god he's getting the 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 ten commandments from god directions for the people and i think he was up there for about 40 days and 40 nights and 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 he's going to come down and he's going to talk with the people and explain to them that he's been up there with god and as he's talking with the people as he's coming down to the mountain and he's talking to the people his face shines so bright that they asked him, they they actually made a veil for him and put it uh, around his face because he had been in the presence of God and his face shone so bright that they couldn't look on him. You know, it's like uh, when I'm on my route and, and I, I'm, I'm heading through East Knoxville, I'm, I'm, I'm heading east so I'm looking at the sunrise and, it, and it's so bright and, and the, the glare is so bright, you, you know, what do we do? We grab uh, the visor, the sun visor, and we, we pull it down. Uh, we take shades, what we call sunglasses, and, and we put the sunglasses on that shades our eyes from the brightness of the sun so that glare it won't be so bad. So, because when you when you first look into that bright sun, it's like, oh, man, you know, you have to look away real fast. And just for a second or two, it kind of blinds you. It, it just, it just, you can't see anything but this bright light. And I can imagine... That, that even the light that shone around Saul this day was much brighter even than the sun because it blinded Saul for three days. And so the, the men that was traveling with Saul, they had to help him get to where he was supposed to be, which was on into Damascus. And he, he was going to be staying at this guy's house named Judas on Straight Street of all things, so that uh, uh, Ananias will be told by Jesus here in just a few minutes what to do. And so you you got Saul and his men staying at Judas's house, and you got Ananias over here. You got Saul praying to Jesus, and you got Saul or you got Jesus talking to Ananias, and he's giving Ananias directions on what to do and how that Saul is going to see a vision of this man named Ananias coming to his house and then giving him some direction. And we'll get into all that when we come back from break. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So as Saul is traveling into Damascus to go and persecute more Christians, he's got his chains, he's ready to bound these people up, both men and women, and drag them off into prison and break up their families. He, he does not even care how they feel or what they think. He just wants to do what he thinks is God's will. And as he's traveling to Damascus, this bright light shines around about him and he he falls to the ground and he hears this voice and he says, you know, who are you, Lord? But I want you to notice something here. Saul never sees Jesus. 
He never sees him. He saw a light and he heard a voice. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so his answer to the voice is, who are you, Lord? He didn't see Jesus. He just heard him speak and he saw the bright light, which possibly could be the glory of the Lord. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But I do know that he did not see Jesus. He only heard his voice. And he says, who are you, Lord? Which is a title. Lord is a title of honor, express, expressive of respect and reverence with which servants greet their master. In other words, he's saying to Jesus, who are you, my master? Because this one who thought he was so powerful and in control and and doing God's will and being zealous of the law, he he suddenly realized that, that he's not in control at all. And this this is a huge reason why a lot of people do not follow Christ. They will they will not be obedient to the voice of God when God's trying to uh Tell them what he has done for them and how he's given them his son, Jesus, to down a cross for their sins. But they will not make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior because that means that they have to let go. And that they have to give, you know, let go of their own lives and give God control of their lives. They, they want to be their own master because we want to be in control. We don't want anybody telling us what to do or how to live our lives and 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 this would be a problem for Saul because this guy was very well uh educated and he had all the power that you can want and and he had all the prestige and he was a pharisee of pharisees that's his own words and so he instantly he is he is knocked to the ground and this bright light shines around him and and he hears the voice of jesus saul saul why are you persecuting me who are you lord you know sometimes unfortunately it takes a tragedy or it takes someone hitting rock bottom before they will ever turn their attention to god or to jesus they 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 have to come to a realization that they are not in control like they thought they were. In fact, they have lost control. And, and if you look at their lives, everything in their life is just a huge mess. And, and they need it fixed. So what do they do? They turn to Jesus. They turn to the one who gives them hope. And that is Jesus. Because hope has a name and his name is Jesus. Saul was so focused on his mission that he had to get to Damascus and get rid of all these Jesus followers, if you will. But instead, what happened was he was introduced to the very one he was persecuting. And so you might think, well, I thought he was persecuting men and women, not Jesus himself. Well, that's kind of true, but did you catch what Jesus said? When Paul says, who are you, Lord? Jesus says, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city and you'll be told what you have to do. You see, when Saul went from house to house, he saw a literal person. He saw a man. He saw a woman. He saw a child. He saw a granddad. He saw a grandmother. He, he saw an aunt. 
He saw uncle. He, he, he saw cousins. He saw people. He saw flesh and blood. And he thought that they were blaspheming God because of their message about Jesus and because of the miracles that they were working. And he was so focused on the hate for these people and, and them being blasphemers that he couldn't see the good that they were doing. He just wanted them gone. He wanted, he, he wanted to get rid of these people. He, 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 he didn't care who he hurt. He didn't care who he punished. He didn't care that families were being ripped apart and destroyed. And so just a real quick lesson that I want to share with you is this. Consider what you're doing. Consider what you're doing, especially if you are a Jesus follower. Ask yourself this question. What am I doing? Who does this affect? Does what I'm doing bring glory to God or does it bring him shame and reproach? Jesus said to Saul, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. You see, even though Saul was wreaking havoc to men and women, he was actually persecuting Jesus himself. How, you ask? These people had dedicated their lives to following Jesus. They had been baptized for the remission of their sins. They'd been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And now they have the Father and they have the Son living inside them, just like Jesus said when we studied John chapter 14, when he was telling the disciples about the promise of the Holy Spirit, this comforter. He says, we will come and live inside you, me and my father. And that's exactly what is going on here. When we become Christians through the power of the Holy Spirit, God dwells inside of us. Paul says later on that we are God's temple. Our body is the temple of God. So God no longer dwells in temples made with hands, but he, he dwells within us if we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that's what's going on here in, in, in the Acts chapter 9, these men and women have given their lives, they have given control of their lives to God, to Jesus, and, and they have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So they're not doing anything on their own accord. They're living for Jesus, and they want to give people the, uh, the opportunity that they have. And so they're sharing the message and the hope that Jesus gives to other people and this man who is supposed to be representing God can't stand what they're doing. And so he persecutes these men and these women and he's tearing apart these families and he could care less because he thinks he is doing God a favor, like I said earlier. And Jesus says, Saul, you're not persecuting men and women. You're not ruining families. You're not killing innocent people. You're persecuting me. You're killing me. And even though you're, you may be doing it to these men and women, Saul, you are absolutely doing it to me. You're persecuting me. And I, I think Saul, if we could just see the look on his face during this moment, I'm sure he's in utter shock. And... Uh, Luke says in verse 7 through 9, he says, The men with Saul stood speechless. They couldn't say nothing. For they heard, and you talk about utter shock. So 
it, he says the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. They didn't see Jesus either, but they heard the voice. They saw the light, I'm sure. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. How were they not knocked off to the knocked off their feet? Those those men that were with Saul. How were they not blinded by the light? You know, there's a blinded by the light. Yeah. How were they not blinded by the light? How were they not not knocked to their feet like Saul was? You know, they heard the voice. We ju we just read that. And so I want to point something out here. Isn't it amazing how God singled out this one man among many? It, it's no different today. People hear the same message about Jesus. They hear the gospel. They hear the message of hope. And yet they turn and they walk away unchanged. Just like these other men that were with Saul that day. Maybe they were changed. But they didn't have the experience that Saul did. They didn't fall to their feet. They didn't see the light. Maybe they did see the light. But they, it didn't affect them like it did Saul, they heard the voice, but the voice was specifically, and the message was specifically for Saul. And people today, they hear the same message they hear about Jesus, and yet they turn and they walk away unchanged. However, there can be one or two or many that hear the same message that those people who have walked away from this the message of Jesus and the hope that he gives, there can be people who hear that same message and the Holy Spirit tugs at their heart and they're obedient. And they answer the call, Who are you, Lord? And just like Saul, they give their lives to Jesus Christ. And just like Saul, if we are obedient to the call, our lives will be changed forever. That is if we're willing to give up control of our lives and allow God to live in us and work through us. It's all up to you, friend. There, we're going to continue this in the next podcast. And I pray that you tune in to, to continue to, to, to hear about what happens to Saul and how God changed his life. But it... it here is a man who was persecuting men and women who were innocent. They had done no wrong. The only thing they're guilty of is spreading hope, giving people an opportunity to know Jesus for themselves. And this man cannot stand it. And he is literally ripping their families apart. He is killing innocent people. He is shedding innocent blood. So if God can take someone who is a persecutor of, of Jesus' followers, who is a known murderer, if you will, who has shed innocent blood, surely if God can change this man's heart, he can change yours. And he will change yours if you let him. All you have to do is give your will up to God and allow God to dwell inside of you and give you a new purpose. And that new purpose will be in Him. 
and you start living for him. We're, we're going to see here in just a second that this change with Saul was so drastic and so immediate that Saul, just like a, you flip a coin, a blink of an eye, he immediately goes out and starts preaching that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. God loves you, and it does not matter what you've done. It does not matter what you've done in the past. It does not matter where you are right now. Jesus Christ will take you just as you are right now and forgive you of everything that you've ever done. And His blood will continually wash away your sins. And you, my friend, will have the hope that we have that when we take our last breath on this earth, because it's going to happen, there's coming a day that this heart's going to quit beating and these lungs will breathe no more. And when this heart quits beating and these lungs breathe no more and I take my last breath on this earth, I'll take my first breath in heaven with Jesus for eternity. Who would not want that? Who would not want to be with a man who gave his life so that our sins could be forgiven? God loves you. God wants to save you. And it is my prayer that you give your life, that you give full control to God today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life.